0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com
1: or wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: Welcome to your Canadians' Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, brings you the latest news, in depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind the scenes insight on the Canadiens
0: Hello there everyone and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm gonna be your host for the next hour. This is episode one forty five of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, in studio by my co host, the editor in chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, we are we are one week without hockey. How are you doing, my friend? <laughs> you know what? Um, it's it's uh, there's
1: no hockey on the ice, but there's so much hockey news there is. every yeah. day. There's an avalanche of news, um, yeah. so it's uh, I, I don't feel that we're in the the off season at all. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and you know, um, not that we're gonna get any change to that this upcoming week because uh, it, it. You know what? It's going to be so busy uh, this upcoming week that we're going to have to change our Canadians Connection podcast schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going, going to have to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we'll tell you, we'll remind you about it uh, in the third segment. But this week, you're going to get, of course, there's a press zone in Montreal. You get that on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thursday will be Canadians Connection, yep. episode 146. Sunday will be Canadians Connection, episode 147. So you get, yeah. you get two episodes of the Canadians Connection this upcoming weekend. That's because we have the expansion draft. We have the NHL entry draft. We've got all kinds of things happening. And that's uh, why we have a pretty full show today.
0: Boy, oh boy, do we ever, Rick. We have a lot to talk about. And uh-huh. our listeners, Rick, they've they've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can become every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and it is simple to do
1: draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line
0: draftkings has paid out over 7 billion dollars to users across all sports
1: did you say 7 billion Billion? billion with wow. a b
0: yeah
1: DraftKings is the leader in dra- uh, daily fantasy sports so there's no better place to get in on all of the action
0: Now that you know how to play download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN New users will get a free entry with their first deposit that's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings dot com for details. And Rick, THPN. That means the Hockey
1: Podcast Network. We are a proud affiliate, as you heard off the top. And uh, the folks at the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, you know what? Something else we have to talk about in the third segment. This week, we have a new contest uh, with our partners Mm. at uh, DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got a giveaway this week. Uh, That's going to be coming up on the, uh, the 22nd. Uh, so watch watch for the uh, All Habs Twitter account, and you'll get all kinds of information about a brand-new giveaway a product that we're pretty excited about, and you'll hear more about that this week.
0: Oh, so definitely want to keep your eyes out on social media for that one. Uh, definitely, I can't miss there. Uh, Rick, as you said, we just have so much to talk about. There are no hockey games left to talk about, but the news cycle in, in the NHL... It is nonstop, as you said, an avalanche of news, and that included this week something that we're going to be talking about later on in the show. We're going to be getting into the Shea Weber situation, the injury update there. We've got some, we got a prospect report. We've got some signings from the Canadians, Laval Rocket. Uh, we're going to have a, a conversation about Canadians unrestricted free agents as well, because that's coming down the pike for the Canadians. Uh, and then we get into some news and notes. We have the NHL Entry Draft on July 23rd. And then, Rick, in, in our big topic segment, we're gonna dive into Shea Weber's future. Um, obviously, some ominous news on Wednesday regarding his uh, his medical report, of course, with the ankle, the knee, the thumb. We're gonna get into all of it. The Canadian's protection list, Jake Allen, Jonathan Drewen, wow. uh, all of those things coming up in segment two. A lot to talk about, Rick, a lot to unpack there in For that sure. segment. So we're gonna have that coming up, and in segment three, Rick, as you said, we're going to tee up the fact that we're going to be having two podcasts coming out uh, later uh, in the week on Thursday and then on Sunday as well. So we've got all that coming up, Rick. And we're going to hear from Ben in the third segment, too, the All Habs Fan, the, the Habs Fan Forum on YouTube as well. So, Rick, we've just got so, so much to get to here. Uh, and we'll start with an interesting bit of news that came out. And uh, it was actually on the All Habs, allhabs.net. Uh, and it was uh, Connor McDavid with uh, With some praise for the Montreal Canadians and for Kerry Price. Well, um, Connor McDavid
1: said, uh, listen, uh, I, I know I know this team when you have to play this this team nine or ten times during the year. Uh, they're a tough opponent. and uh, in his opinion, uh, it was uh, a team built for the playoffs, um, yeah. big, strong, and mean uh, is the way he described them. And then he said, uh, you know, um, and, and uh, when all, anything else fails, you've got uh, one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie, to quote Connor McDavid, backing them up. So uh, nice praise there from Connor McDavid and, and uh, for the Canadians and for Carey Price. And uh, just one of the items, there's so much news coming out that, uh, you know, normally we have a once a week uh, notepad uh, article as a capsule, a news capsule to get you caught up. Uh, That still happens every Monday put together by Chris G. Uh, But we've expanded that to a a headlines uh, post every day, every weekday day. Uh, So Tuesday through Friday, um, head to allhabs.net and uh if you just have a few minutes to catch up it'll have all of the 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 news about the canadians that uh that you need to um you need to know um because Absolutely. too much happens uh for you to take a day off and the other part of it is uh we got a little insight into uh you know that handshake line uh the handshake yeah. line between the canadians and the tampa bay lightning after the stanley cup after uh, their stanley cup win uh we all wondered what what the conversation was like in that mm-hmm. handshake line. And we got a bit of a glimpse into that this week.
0: We certainly did. And it was uh, John Cooper mic'd up going through the handshake line, first shaking hands with Cole Caulfield, saying that he has a bright future, saying the same to Alexander Romanoff. He said that Brendan Gallagher was a warrior, used some colorful language that we won't use because it's a family <laughs> show. Uh, and then uh, he, uh, he got to uh, Nick Suzuki, said he's got a great future. And then Kerry Price, um, and by the way, I should mention with with Nick Suzuki as well. Uh, the great part of that one was Nick Suzuki saying, "I know," to John Cooper <laughs> saying he's got a great future. That was great. That was great. Uh, and then he comes to Carrie Price, and uh, says that he he aches he aches for Carrie Price, and yeah, just a lot of respect there.
1: There seemed to be a lot of mutual respect. Kerry uh, Price saying you deserve it, Coach, and and Kerry Price and and uh, John Cooper knowing what what carrie price is feeling saying um you know i ache for you buddy um it it was um it it was interesting and and we know that uh there was probably more said there and and carrie price was asked about that uh at uh after the game and and he said uh you know john cooper was was pretty complimentary but uh uh, we're just going to keep that between us, as Carrie Price is is wont to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but but a, a nice little glimpse into what goes on and and the kind of of um, uh, kind words that uh, are exchanged uh, at the end of a, a grueling series.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And uh, it it was great to see. It was great to see. You know, I, I was sort of conflicted about it because I sort of had the same thought of of carrie price where i think there's some things that should just stay between the two at the end of that grueling series but at the same time to get to hear those words and get to hear the respect shared between those two sides is also a pretty great thing um so rick uh speaking of yeah as you said headline posts every day at allhabs.net tuesday through friday you have got chris's notepad you got the three stars of the week column as well and this week will be a very interesting one because it won't be the three stars of the week for the Montreal Canadiens. It'll be the three stars of the season. So I've tallied up, I've tallied up all the points. I've done the math, Rick. And you know how nice. much I am not, I'm not very good at math. Um, but I've, I've sat down, I've done it out. I've, I've used calculators, multiple notepads to try to figure all of this out. And uh, that will be coming out on Sunday. But last week, Rick, last week, I put out my three stars of the week and I, I had to give it once again to Carey Price as my first star of the week. Josh Anderson was my third star. Shea Weber, my second. But Carey Price, he was just he was just the first star. And I mean, when you look at it, I mean, that was really... Um, all, all week, every week of the playoffs, but one, he was the first star of the week. And the week that he wasn't, he was the third star. See, he was always in the picture because he had to be because he was the only reason that the Canadians got this far. And, you know, you just think back on... The saves that he made, and I talk about this in the column, I mean, it, it wasn't that, and I said this last week on the Canadians Connection as well, it wasn't, you know, I, he was just going to keep one-upping himself. It wasn't that he was going to keep trying to one-up himself. It was just natural for Carey Price that at some point he was just going to make another absurd save, and you, it was just going to be better than the one that you thought could not be topped. And that was what sh- that's what Carey Price did the entire time, the entire playoff run. He just made, and not even, you know, I don't think that from a looking at it from, from the standpoint of what was the best save that Carey Price made is probably the Jason a stick save. But oh. it's not about what they look like. It's the timeliness of those saves. Yeah. And Carey Price, time and time again, made those. And the one that I keep going back to was just before the Arturi Lecaden game winner in game 6 and it was a it was a shot that like between the ear and the shoulder that could have snuck through and and you'd completely understand if it did but he managed to get a piece managed to get himself up there make the save in a, in, a, in a tough location and it sent the canadians the other way and then when he get when they get to the stanley cup final you talk about a save from uh, on nikita kucherov that live looked like it hit the side of the net but it yeah. was actually Kerry price kicking kicking his pad out getting over on the other side it, you know like stuff like that all playoff long it was just incredible to watch so there, there was no other guy that i could give it to um you know josh anderson had a nice ending to the playoffs but wasn't very consistent throughout shea weber was an absolute warrior we know that um, but but kerry price just incredible
1: well it was funny because um yes there was there was save after save after save that was highlight quality um, mm-hmm. but you, you think of even um the 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 Canadians on the brink of elimination against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs um, and uh, in overtime shots were 13 to two, 13 to two, even just the volume of shots uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, and quality shots uh, and, and the carry and carry price keeps them in long enough uh, for them, for the, uh, the Canadians to get an opportunity. Uh, and in the game and 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 series, so it was um, yeah, just absolutely remarkable. He was uh, on fire. Um, you know, some of those uh, the, those penalty kills. Um, yeah. You know, we talked before about his his save percentage on the penalty kill for the Canadians was around 950, 952, something like that. And his nearest second to him in goaltending uh, was uh, in the 890s um, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, those are kind of absolutely remarkable uh, statistics yeah. uh, and, and show just how much Carey Price was uh, was leading and carrying the team. And, and uh, um, you know... Yeah, I, I know that that, and we'll talk later about Denoa in in a, a shutdown uh, role that he's credited for, and uh, certainly played a part. But when you look at the the uh, high danger scoring chances uh, for the opposition, and even you go back to the the Matthews and Marner, uh, it, it wasn't Phil Denoa shutting down uh, Matthews and Marner because they were still yeah. getting. Uh, scoring chances. They were still getting high danger scoring chances. It was, uh, it was Carey Price. And, and, uh, um, you know, the, the we're, we're going to talk about some um, appointments here uh, coming up uh, that happened during the week. And, uh, and you, you can think that that they owe at least part of, of uh, uh, their, their contract extensions. Uh, in part, they can be thankful to uh, carry Price
0: absolutely yeah um yeah there's there were conversations that we had at the end of the season uh vastly different conversations that are happening right now and a Mm -hmm. lot of that is to do because of Kerry Price's spectacular performance between the pipes uh so Rick uh we'll move on and, and get to some roster news uh we will briefly mention of course and we already sort of touched on it Shea Weber the thumb the foot the ankle the knee uh lots of unfortunately um uh, sort of an accumulation of injuries here with Shea Weber that have got his future uh, just a little bit in doubt, and that we're going to be getting to that more in segment two.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna devote segment two to uh, to uh, uh, Shea Weber and and the ramifications of of what's happening there. Uh, yeah. We usually talk about uh, injury news here. Uh, we certainly uh, were updated on all of the injuries that Shea Weber was dealing with in the playoffs, uh, and not only in the playoffs has been dealing with uh, for some time. Yeah, so, years, yeah. Um, you know, uh, is 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 surgery uh, on the on the horizon? Yes, probably. Uh, but as Darren Dreger said, that's that's more of a quality of life issue. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, let's let's leave that there. Let's leave uh, it, yeah. Because uh, we've got lots and lots to talk about in our big segment, uh, big topic segment, segment two.
0: Absolutely. And Rick, you touched on appointments, you touched on extensions, and we'll start with Dominique Ducharme. The Canadians announced this week that Ducharme has been named head coach. The interim tag has been removed and that they have signed him to a three-year contract extension. And Rick, um, this was probably always going to happen given the fact that canadians went to the stanley cup final uh but as you sort of as we touched on there there were conversations that were being had at the end of the season did that interim tag was it was it uh did he have enough evidence to support having that tag removed at the time probably not but they make it to the stanley cup final and some things happen and here we are with a three-year contract extension
1: it's really interesting that at the end of the season, um, uh, the end of the regular season, uh, Dom De Charme had a losing record. Uh, mm-hmm. They backed into the playoffs. They lost the last five straight. There didn't seem to be there was communication issues, obviously. Um, and even the French media at the end of the season was coming up with other uh, French coaching candidates. Yeah, uh, Yeah. that. that, um, No, that was happening. So there Mm -hmm. was nothing. There was nothing at the end of the the season. Uh, There was no body of work that uh, made a case for that interim tag to be uh, removed. Uh, And then that everything flipped. During the yeah. uh, during the playoffs, and and there was no way that uh, given the run to the finals that the Canadians had that that Don DuCharme would have been denied uh, uh, being made permanent head coach. The thirty first mm-hmm. interesting number thirty um, first yeah. <laughs> in, in uh, Canadians uh, franchise history.
0: Yeah, and I mean you know some of the quotes that came out of, of last week's you know uh, end of season. You got Corey Perry saying you know he's a he's a head coach and. You know, like Corey Perry isn't the kind to just say things, so he must have formed some sort of connection with with the players, even though there did seem to be some communication issues earlier on in the season. Um, but Rick, so so yeah. I
1: think I think that, and and um, we should say that it's a three year contract. It it yes. it's for yeah. one point seven million dollars per year, uh, which is pretty healthy for a, a first time coach. Remember, Claude mm-hmm. Julian and all of his experience was up around the five million dollar a year mark, uh, but yeah. this is uh, this is a pretty decent uh, uh, contract. Now, in the um, in his uh, media availability, um, yeah. he talked about uh, uh, the group, the the uh, the team that he has, the coaching staff that uh, has been put together, and there was some anticipation that uh, Alex Burroughs, uh, given his lack of experience and kind of he was thrown into the fire, um, you know, from from Laval uh, just yeah. because of a need, uh, there was an expectation, and and uh, I think it was even Elliot Friedman that that said no one would be surprised if Alex Burroughs was uh, was uh, uh, sent back to Laval and made the head coach of the Laval because, as we know, uh, Jean Bouchard uh, moved on to uh, the Anaheim yeah. organization. Um, but it was in this press conference with uh, Dom Ducharme that he said no, he wanted to keep his, uh, his bench together. That included Luke Richardson, Alex Burrows, and uh, they were down, uh, remember both um, uh, Kirk Muller and, and Claude Julien were fired. So they were down a person on the bench uh, all year. So he said he wanted to add a fourth. They'll be looking mm-hmm. for a fourth to add. As well, um, uh, Dom Charm kind of uh, indicated that the whole Sean Burke thing had to be resolved. We remember when Sean Burke was, when yeah. Stefan Waite was uh, uh, fired, Sean Burke wasn't uh, immediately uh, appointed into a, a goalie coach position. He was appointed as a director of goaltending, uh, much like Florida and Roberto Luongo, uh, where they're setting up a, Uh, kind of a a, a goaltending department, uh, as it were. So Sean Burke, it was kind of the head of that. Now, because of the way the the season worked out, Sean Burke was pressed into being the goalie coach, being a hands-on kind of guy. And as well, then with COVID uh, and uh, Dom Descharmes having to isolate for 14 days, Sean Burke was actually uh, on the bench. Um, Descharmes said, it's going to have to be resolved um, whether Sean Burke will become the goaltending coach or whether one will be hired, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, Burke. Uh, he preferred to, to stay and live in in uh, Arizona and be that overarching uh, yeah. goaltending director for the, the Canadians. All that has yet to be sorted out.
0: Yeah, so that'll be interesting, but uh, Rick, in all of that, right, there was a couple, There was a bit of a to-do list there that he wanted to keep the bench together. One of the things that needed to happen was signing Luke Richardson to an extension, uh, and, you know, you would have to have thought that there was going to be a lot of interest in Luke Richardson if he had hit sort of the open market. That did not happen. The Canadians re-signed him to a three-year contract extension. And the Canadians have uh, Luke Richardson back, who did such a fine job in Dominique Ducharme's place, and of course, players speaking very highly of Luke as well. So great to have him back in the fold. We remember uh,
1: Ben Charrat saying uh, Luke Richardson is the kind of coach that you want to go through a wall for, um, yeah. And that that all of his defensive uh, partners felt like that. Um, he's he is a, a player's coach. He is. Um, a guy you want to play for. And he did a great, in um, uh, Dom Deschamps absence, um, now he was still kind of calling the shots, but Luke Richardson did a a very good job managing the bench in a very difficult uh, situation. And uh, we thought at the time that he would get uh, some attention uh, for a head coaching role. And, and uh, Richardson said um, he kind of skirted around that question when asked in his immediate availability, whether uh, he had some interest or whether there was some interest. And, and he said, uh, kind of said, why would I, I, I like to go in? Why do I want to go anywhere else? I like to win. We're winning. <laughs> we went to the Stanley Cup finals. Oh. This is the place to be. So uh, he has a three-year uh, contract extension. I imagine there's an out in there uh, yeah. for him if, uh, if a head coaching position is uh, offered and one that he wants to, uh, to accept. Um, but he's he's certainly raised uh, his status. The only question mark, um, we remember that Kirk Muller was the associate head coach. Associate, yeah. And um, most expected because of, of uh, Luke Richardson's experience, that relative to, say, an Alex Burroughs that... Uh, Uh, an associate coaching position uh, promotion might might take place that didn't happen Uh, we don't know why um, but uh, but that that's the only kind of lingering thing uh, that that came out of uh, that uh, that announcement
0: yeah and it didn't take long for kirk muller to pick up another job as an associate head coach their associate coach in the uh, in the nhl is with calgary now so you would have thought that after you know pretty similar situations maybe luke richardson would be given that nod but but evidently know. Um, so Rick, uh, we'll move on to a Habs prospect report.
2: This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network.
0: So Rick, uh, the Laval Rocket, uh, the Canadians filling out the roster, getting some contracts signed. Uh, the Canadians signing forward Alex Belzeal to a one-year, two-way contract. And it was, uh, I believe, the Rocket Twitter account saying the heart and soul of the Laval Rocket is uh, here to stay.
1: Interesting that uh, you emphasized a, a Canadian's contract. Uh, mm-hmm. inf- interesting there, um, because uh, you might have expected Alex Belzeil's, um experience is uh, is is below the the NHL level. He's he's only played two games at the NHL level, 256 games in the AHL, and 168 games in the ECHL. He's one of those in betweeners between the mm-hmm. AHL and ECHL. Um, but I think that that uh, there's some political, uh, you know, the, the the question about having Quebec players on the roster that sort of fills that. And uh, Alex Belzile is is uh, a fan favorite in Laval, uh, so not a surprise that uh, that he was uh, brought back, and uh, and only played 17 games for Laval last season. There were some injury issues, uh, but hopes to play a, a bigger role uh, in the upcoming um, uh, season.
0: And the Laval Rocket, that key distinction there. Laval Rocket have signed forward uh, Jake Lucchini. To a one-year, one-way contract, so the roster starting to fill out, and some familiar faces staying put.
1: That's right, uh, Jake Lucchini, and and uh, he came over and 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 he did a one of the veterans, uh, one of the the veterans uh, that provided a, a bit of a scoring touch, uh, and um, so he he's returned uh, to Laval.
0: Yeah, so big big uh, retention there for the Laval Rocket. Um, so, Rick, I think, you know, the elephant in the room still with the Laval Rocket is the fact they don't have a head coach. That is because Joel Bouchard left the Canadiens organization for the Anaheim Ducks and uh, this week at a media availability uh, as uh, the first time uh, as a member of the Anaheim Ducks organization.
1: Uh, it's re- really curious. And, and um, w- when when the Canadiens... <laughs> When there was a, a, um, the media availability for the, the Canadians, um, uh, Joe Bouchard was, um, had his own uh, run by the Armada, which a club that he has a, uh, an ownership stake in on the Friday. So it wasn't until the Monday that uh, he actually sat down and uh, for a media conference run uh, by the Anaheim Ducks with Bob Murray. Our own Amy Johnson was there and reporting for uh, the HL Report. Um, we talked about it a fair bit on the Presso Montreal this past week. You may want to go and listen to that. Um, you know, there's lots of questions still uh, about why Joel Bouchard would leave the Canadians organization, why he would uh, accept a lateral move uh, yeah. when many were expecting him to um, jump up to an assistance position, uh, let's say in the NHL. There was Arizona rumors uh, that he would be involved in that coaching staff. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it's still a curious situation. Obviously, Mark Bourgevin is not going to talk about it. Joel Bouchard's not going to talk about it. Uh, but multiple reporting and our own reporting, uh, is that it's clear, uh, that there was, a, a difference in philosophy, a difference in the way things were looked at between, uh, Canadians management and Joel Bouchard. Difference about development, how players were developed, how players, uh, how prospects are handled. Um, So this isn't a surprise that he's moving on. uh, All and 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 there had to be. It's obvious there had to be something for him to uh, accept a a lateral move uh, like this. You want to know more? Uh, Check out uh, the press zone of Montreal.
0: Absolutely. Be sure to read the content over at AHL.Report and listen and subscribe to the Presso Montreal podcast. You definitely do not want to miss that. Um, so, Rick, uh, let's, let's, let's dive in, right, to the Canadians' unrestricted free agents. Um, and, you know, this is going to be a very interesting offseason. A lot is going to happen in a very short period of time. And you have guys like, we'll start with goaltenders, Rick. Uh, you have Charlie Lindgren and Vasily Demchenko who are pending unrestricted free agents. And I think the best thing to do here, we'll just go down the list and and, and give our thoughts on whether or not these are guys that are going to be back with the Canadians. And starting with those two, Rick, the first name there, Charlie Lindgren, we've talked about it at length in the past that Charlie Lindgren has been looked over time and time again. Is this going to be the time where Charlie Lindgren enacts a little bit of control over his situation? Charlie Lindgren will move on from the
1: organization. He'll sign a contract elsewhere. The difficulty for Charlie Lindgren is that um, he's he's uh, been in the shadows uh, for yeah. a year. This past season, he spent the entire season, other than a couple of games, a couple of tune-up games uh, where he went to Lavelle. Uh, he spent the entire uh, year on the taxi squad. Now, listen, he was he was he was working every day. Uh, with the team, he was with the NHL team, uh, but we spoke to him on the press zone, and and um, and and he said he he missed that that competitive aspect. He missed having his own net, um, and uh, and only got the chance a couple of times with with Lavelle. So that's that's one uh, thing that's going to prove difficult for Charlie Lindgren as he moves and 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 signs a new contract. The other thing is. There's uh there's a lot of goaltenders out there. There are uh this yeah. this uh this off season. So uh that's going to provide a challenge for for Charlie Lindgren. We wish him well. We wish him the best. A terrific guy, a capable NHL goaltender uh and uh will likely uh sign a contract somewhere as a backup. Uh and and we we as as I said, we're just wishing him well.
0: Absolutely there. Uh right there with you, Rick. Um on the demchenko side of things he has Any already anticipation yeah he yeah.
1: signed a contract uh, with with yeah. in the khl and um uh, you know it was he was kind of a uh a, a role where he would come to yeah. to lavelle and and maybe uh show something and maybe be part of the organization but Really, without the, an ECHL franchise with a, yeah. a shortened AHL uh, schedule, just thirty-six games, he didn't get a chance to really show yeah. what he can do. And and uh, so he'll he'll be playing in the KHL next year.
0: Moving to defensemen, so you have Gustav Olofsson, who spent most of the last couple of years in Laval. You have John Merrill, Eric Gustafson. We saw the lat the last two play in a. Probably too many playoff games for the Montreal (laughs) Canadiens, if we're being honest. So we have a sort of anticipation that they may not be back next year. Uh, But Gustav Olofsson, I mean, they traded Will Bitten for this guy. Is there going to be... A continuation of, of Gustav Olsson within the organization.
1: I don't expect so. Uh, Gustav yeah. Olsson was not very happy with uh, his role, um, and uh, in the end of season um, uh, media availability for the Rocket, and, and you can find that uh, on AHL he, um, he was he wasn't uh, he wasn't critical. He was just very honest and direct. Uh, saying that uh, and it was pretty clear to us that he would be moving on um, as far as Merrill and Gustafson I don't do you think there's a chance I don't think there's a chance of coming back
0: I, I really don't and, and you know it's it's like it was as we talked about last week it was great the the Merrill clip from last week was great it's great to see but I think it's it's uh, yeah I don't think there's anything out of the playoffs that you saw from John Merrill that suggested he's somebody that you want back in the fold for next year I think You need to clear that space. Like Alexander Romanoff, he played 54 games in the regular season. I think he he played, what, four in the playoffs? I mean, he's going to play in the regular season. There's no question about that. So just keep that space open for him and let him play is probably the best course of action there. So Merrill and Gustafson, I think you're quite okay with them walking out the door. Um, as, As for forwards, Rick, and this is where it gets really interesting. So Jordan Wheel, we know. Has, it was reported that he was going to sign overseas, and I, I believe that that has been confirmed, that he is headed overseas to play hockey next year. So there's that. There's Michael Froelich. He's in who's, um, Kazan yeah. uh,
1: with the KHL. Uh, uh, that's uh, where Jordan Wheel is headed.
0: Yeah, and then you have Michael Froelich, who's on the taxi squad. Belzeal, who we just talked about, who signed uh, in extension with the Canadians. Eric Stahl, the veteran Eric Stahl, uh, what his hockey future is. Is uh, he's going to have that conversation with his family? Um, Thomas Tatar, who of course you know, we know the story with Thomas Tatar. Played on that line with Deneau and Gallagher for much of the last three years. Didn't fe- didn't factor into the playoffs uh, after the first round. He was not to be seen uh, after that point. Corey Perry. We've we've talked at length about Corey Perry. Yoel Armia. Uh, that's a very interesting one. And then, of course, Rick, you get to Philip Deneau, who is sort of the the big the big one here with uh, with respect to how much attention it's been getting. Uh, Philip Deneau's contract situation.
1: So, um, yeah, in 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 order, we talked about Jordan Wheel. Michael Frolic, um isn't coming back. Um, uh, Belzile, we just talked about his extension. Eric Stahl, we don't expect him back. No, yeah. Thomas Tatar. We don't expect wow. him back. Corey Perry, um, he was very emotional. We played that last week in his um, uh, media availability. He, he openly said that he expressed to uh, Mark Bergevin that he wants to come back uh, and, and, and be a part of the, the group uh, once again. Uh, we'll see if that gets worked out. Uh, Yol Armia. Um, I think we'll see Yol Armia test uh, free agency, and yeah. uh, apparently, uh, the, the, the word is that, that Edmonton has shown some uh, some interest. Of course, there there can't be any kind of communication just yet, yeah, uh, but um, um, uh, that, that's that's a that's a possible destination point for him. Um, and then uh, Phil Denell. And uh, this one is, I think I think we'll spend a bit of time on on this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's of course, it's been getting all the attention because when you talk about what were the keys to success for the Canadians in this playoff run, it is it is widespread belief, right? It is it is on social media. It's everywhere, it's in every article, right? Philip Deneau's role against Matthews and Marner and then against uh, whoever it was in the second round I don't think there was really many I mean Shifley in the first game but after that I mean there wasn't really a matchup for Philip Deneau down the middle in in the third round same thing not really much of a matchup for Philip Deneau down the middle in terms of a guy that he had to shut down Uh, but but you know that is really I mean I think we're talking about one round where Philip Deneau shadowed Austin Matthews and the narrative because of him shadowing Austin Matthews was that he shut down Austin Matthews, which simply uh, it it doesn't, it's not true. And we talked about uh, Dom at the athletic Dom decision talked about it. They still got their opportunities. Matthews Marner still got opportunities, but there was a pretty big piece at the end of that right
1: (laughs) yeah and and uh it it was it was carrie price and his we talked about his high danger save percentage we talked about his um uh penalty kill save percentage um and we're not saying that that he did it all alone um um because uh there was uh, you know the, the the four Clydesdales played a, an obvious role, uh, and um, and and there was a role for Phil Dunleavy as far as as uh, being out there for defensive faceoffs and all those kinds of things. I but what we're, to put it in context, what we're we're talking about is is Phil Dunleavy. Um, he certainly was given the minutes of a first line center. Uh, next season, is Phil Deneau uh, the the Canadian's first-line centre, and is he the guy that you want to be the first-line centre? No. Um, yeah. Should he be paid like a first-line centre? No. Um, and and uh, we know that, uh, and it came up in his uh, media availability, that uh, the sticking point was not only uh, that Phil Deneau wanted to be paid as a, a first-line uh, center um, when their contract uh, negotiations last fall uh, broke down, uh, but he w- wanted to ensure that his role would not change. He wanted to ensure that his minutes wouldn't be eroded by Suzuki and Kinyemi. and and you know the Canadians couldn't give that kind of in- uh, assurance. Uh, because you know uh, Philip Deneau and, 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 and Deneau said that that those uh, negotiations kind of bothered him. He did he did have a, a difficult regular season. He wasn't good defensively. he wasn't good offensively. Um, and when you look at the kind of role that uh, even a shutdown uh, center plays, there's got to be some there's got to be some offensive contribution yeah. Um, and when uh, you know John Cooper was um, effectively for those first two games, uh, keeping his top line away from uh, you know Lekkonen, who is uh, is a, a good shutdown uh, person, who uh, keeping them away from uh, Gallagher and his forward-checking ability and Dano, um, there was an opportunity when when the Dano line was going up against the third line for them to contribute offensively. Um, and, and they didn't take advantage of that. So,
2: um,
1: I I think this is going to be a very difficult, uh, negotiation. Very, very difficult. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I, think that, uh, we, well, in fact, we played it last week. Um, let me see if, let me see if I can play this. I don't
3: talk about any of that. I mean, Phil's been good for us, uh, but there's also four other players on the ice, so, We value Phil a lot. We did, uh, you know, back in September, and again. And I hope we, we, we. I still hope we'll be able to get something done. But that's part of the business I don't discuss. But we value Phil uh, quite a bit. Yes.
1: So that's what um, uh, Mark Bergevin said with respect to the negotiations with Phil, and said we value him. Um, You know, is and and I think it was a question responding to a question. Uh, by John Lew. And John Lew had set it up like um, you know, Phil Deneau was the ultimate shutdown player who had yeah. ever existed, kind of thing. Uh, Phil Deneau's not a he he's not a a Geek he's not a Bob Ganey, he's not a Doug Jarvis. No. Um, um he 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 does uh, suppress chances, but um uh, you know is is he going to uh, clog up the works and get in the way. Um, I, I think uh, Nick Suzuki is going to be an excellent two-way player. I, yeah. If given the opportunity, as as yep. the number one center. Um, so um, uh, the it's reported that the the Canadians are going to allow uh, are are going to let um, uh, Phil Deneau, uh explore free agency uh, before they. They they're they're not going to give him another offer. the The offer that they had uh, tendered to him last fall was five million uh, by uh, by six years, and and that seems, um, that that seems like a, a a very rich offer now in terms of of the whole context of things. Um, yeah, you know, when you're looking at, I think Dom LeSishin had the 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 um, comparables to uh, Phil and He had Derek Liss- Broussard in there and some others. And uh, you might put an Adam Lowery or a, 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 a Lars Eller at the high end of Paul Stasny kind of thing in there. Uh, but you're looking at between 3 and $4 million for, for those folks. Um, and even given the pipeline of, of um, you know, the, the Palings and the Vedamos and and the other uh, centers coming up, Meshach, um, Phil Deneau is is not needed in the organization long term. So, uh, yeah. if Phil Deneau can go out there and and uh, rustle up a um, you know a a, a a better offer than the Canadians, you know maybe there's someone out there who's uh, mesmerized by him as a shutdown uh, a player and and thinks that that he has untapped offense and will go above that five million. Um, all power to Phil Deneau That's yeah. great. Uh, but I I I, I wouldn't want to see him get a uh, a you know a, a, a contract that that uh, is going to be an obstacle. We we don't want to see another Paul Byron situation here yeah. uh, w- with uh, an albatross of a contract.
0: Yeah, and look, there were times in the in the postseason, yes, where Philip Deneau was, you know, at the right place at the right time and got the puck out of a danger area. But as you pointed out, right, like I am almost more comfortable with Nick Suzuki out there in that spot because if he makes a if he is in the right spot, if he makes a great read, if he intercepts a pass, cuts off a pass, does whatever then Nick Suzuki is going to either make a crisp outlet pass or take it himself up the other way and create an opportunity for the Canadians. You don't get that with Philip Deneau, and that's why I think there needs to be a little bit of apprehension here with, with respect to how much you are willing to give Philip Deneau. You can acknowledge that, yeah, he, he shadowed Matthews. He was all around Matthews. He had some nice performances here and there in the faceoff circle. But at the end of the day, I mean, are you willing to spend? And the offer at the time, right? At the, at the this was reported at the time, right? It was five years, thirty, or was it six years, thirty million dollars, right? Yep. Like, so I mean, are you willing really to give that contract to Philip? know? and that was of course before the Gallagher contract. So I mean, that that's that's probably not on the table right now, and it and nor should it be. But you know, like that that's not the type of money I think you want tied up. In philip to know so that is going to be a a very uh, uh it's going to be an interesting negotiation to watch unfold rick because I, I, one way or the other i think that these are two parties that probably come back together but i i don't know I, I just don't know if 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 the canadians overextend here they might get themselves in a pretty tricky situation
1: and and let's hope uh, i mean we see um on social media well, um, you know, to to um, to satisfy the the um, the media, the Montreal media, they're going to have to bring back uh, Phil Dunham because we don't want another another one of those outbursts uh, when they're talking about that there's no Quebecers in the lineup. Well, um, listen, I I would hope that uh, given that the Canadians made it as far as they did. Uh, even with the holes in their lineup, that um, that those kinds of of uh, discussions that have no effect on the hockey on the the the, the performance on ice yeah. are just off the table at this point. Uh, let's I I don't know if that's possible, but uh, let's hope that's the case.
0: Yeah, that's how you get yourself into a difficult contract situation when you're making decisions like that. So. Uh, Rick, we, we'll leave that there. But, of course, we're, we're going to circle back to it because, as we've said, there, there's going to be a lot of things happening in a very short period of time. Free agency, one of those things that's just down the pike for the Canadians. So we'll move on. And, Rick, will touch on another thing that's just, just down the road a little ways for the Montreal Canadiens. That is the NHL entry draft. And the NHL announced the official order for the NHL entry draft that starts on July 23rd. The Canadians have 11 selections, the first of which – will be 31st overall.
1: And actually uh, it turns out to be 30th. Yes, you're 30th, right. 30 yeah. No, it's it's 31st yeah. but because of the Arizona situation uh, right, with yeah. uh with forfeiting their first round pick. Yes. Uh we we won't get into that but but it, yeah. it it's 30th in the order but but 30th. officially 30 31st. So Yeah. Um yeah, towards the the uh the the very end of of uh, the draft and and uh, that's why there's there's uh, a lot of encouragement uh, online about uh, maybe giving up the first round pick for one thing or another uh, mm-hmm. that, that's on the list. Um, but it it's uh, yeah, the, the eleven picks uh, in the in the uh, 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 seven rounds of the draft of uh, this year's draft. Only Detroit, I think it's Detroit that has uh, more. Um, there are five picks in the top 90, Uh, so that's, uh, you mentioned the 31st pick uh, in the first round, uh, two picks in the second round, uh, two picks in the third round, three picks in the fourth round, and then one each in in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Um, So that's happening already on Friday, uh, and, yeah. and I mean, you're better than me. Look what you're wearing today. Yeah. Uh, you're reminding my, yeah. us of a fabulous time <laughs> that we had in Vancouver for, uh, the NHL entry draft, uh, to watch Alexander Romanov get, uh, get picked. Oh, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Sorry. Cole yeah. Caulfield. Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah I was, what am I thinking? It was Cole Caulfield. In
0: 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah 2018. Yeah, that this was cool. Dallas, we yeah. were there. We were there for Dallas and Kotkaniemi. Then the next year. We got uh, Cole Caulfield and that was that was actually a really special moment, right? Because Shea Weber announced the pick. That was that's great. That's right. Yeah, and Brandon, Brandon Gallagher, Gallagher was in, in the building. Yeah. It yeah. was it was it was incredible. Yeah. A great experience, a great time. And yeah, wearing the shirt today because yeah, that's that's just right down the road for the Canadians. And who's gonna beat last year? It was Caden Gooley. Who are they gonna select uh, in the first round this year? We will we will wait and see. But yeah, as you said, with those five picks in the top ninety. Like that is a, that, that's a, there's a lot that can be done here, right? With five picks in the top 90, replenish your, your, not that it needed much help, but I mean, even more help on the way with respect to your prospect system.
1: It certainly gives options for uh, Mark yeah. Um gives options if, for, for example, he wanted to move up from that, that 31st yes, pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not, not necessarily the strongest draft that we've seen in a while. Uh, but there may be a a, a a prospect that they're interested in, so uh, he could move up. He could package those picks uh, for um, something else. There's there's uh, you know today we're we're keeping an eye on on uh, social media. There's a trade deadline mm-hmm. today at three p.m. Uh, just ahead of of the uh, protection list going in. We'll talk about that next, next segment, but all of these assets uh, just give him uh, more options and the more options uh, mean better decisions, we, we hope. Um, And, and, uh, but with respect to the draft, as we we said, uh, we're gonna have a draft special, uh, the Canadians Connection podcast draft special coming out this Thursday. And uh, so it's very important for you to be subscribed to the podcast so that uh, that uh, uh, those podcasts will be delivered directly to you. And also, uh, we mentioned about uh, Chris Cheese notepad on, on Monday mm-hmm. and the headlines articles uh, that come out um, uh, following that each each day. Uh, we're also going to have a, a bit of a draft preview from uh, Mike Raschel, who's going to look at ah. the availability of uh, who the Canadians might be looking at in... Uh, the first round, as well as some um, maybe uh, off-the-radar kind of picks uh, going through the draft.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be an excellent read from Mike. So definitely going to want to check uh, allhabs.net every single day for those headline pieces that you talk about from Chris's notepad and the uh, three stars of the season column that'll be dropping tomorrow. But Rick, yes, we will take... Our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to dive into the Shea Weber story, his future. We're going to get into the protection list for the Canadians. Jake Allen, going to touch on Jonathan Drouin. All of that's coming after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans we want to hear from you if you are bright loyal passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team visit allhabs.net and click the join our team tab today
0: And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe whalen 19 And with me in studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at AllHabs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, uh, unfortunately on Wednesday, we got some very troubling news. Uh, it was not welcome news. Uh, it was that Shea Weber... Uh, his future is a little bit in doubt uh, with respect to some injuries that he has played through the past few years, ranging from the ankle, the knee, and of course we know that he was playing with a uh, with a broken thumb during this playoff run. But the accumulation of those injuries, playing through the pain, uh, and it, it's left Shea Weber uh, with, with an uncertain future at the moment.
1: Last week... Um after the, the 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 Canadians ended their season getting to the Stanley Cup file, final uh, and then exiting, we we talked about a gut punch. Uh, yeah. and it was a bit gut-wrenching. I don't, you know, if last weekend was a gut punch, I don't even know how to describe the Shea Weber news. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, it was really heart-wrenching. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about this, you and I, before the show, in the pre-show, that um, it just, didn't seem real for a lot of, of, uh, mm-hmm. Canadians fans. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, I, I, to, 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 uh, to kind of back up that Mark Bergevin on Wednesday, about six o'clock was presented a, uh, a medical report. And that medical report said that Shea Weber, um, because of that accumulation of injuries, um, was, um, would be out next season minimum minimum mm-hmm. out next season uh he, shea weber will not play next season and then uh went on to say that his career future is is in jeopardy and that um um he he may not return so darren Dreger, yes said uh yes he's going to have surgery but that that might just be uh, you know, a quality of life issue, not necessarily yeah. that w- it would ready him for uh, playing status. Um, it, it, this Weber, um, uh, the Weber, uh, Shea Weber himself and and his agent, the Weber camp, is not talking at all about this. Um, but it's expected that that uh, he's going to get a, a medical uh, second opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, then this gets really dicey. And um, uh, the Canadians are involved. Uh, Shea Weber is involved. The NHL is involved. The NHLPA is involved. If um, if Shea Weber is going to miss this season or if he's going to miss uh, extended time that uh, would get into the remaining years of his contract, he has five years left in his contract, uh, then it's up to the NHL to rule uh, whether he's eligible for and approved for LTIR status. Now it seems pretty straightforward. Yes, of course he's. Yeah. He, uh, given the the the, uh, the number of injuries, LTIR should be automatic. However, uh, there are teams who are uh, kind of pushing back and saying, "Oh well, isn't this convenient right before the expansion draft?" The Canadians. Have four defensemen that they want to protect, uh, and um, uh, that that now this this makes it uh, uh, they don't have to protect Shea Weber and and uh, and and uh, you know it would scare Seattle off, and isn't that convenient? So the NHL is taking their time uh, and uh, you know uh, investigating this. Uh, maybe a little bit more closely than than they would normally. Uh, because when you think of, of the types of people who have run into this situation before, that is going on LTIR and ending their career, essentially, on LTIR. You've got people like David Clarkson and, and uh, Nathan Horton yeah. and uh, Chris Pronger. Um, uh, so, you know, those... this. This situation seems a whole lot clearer than that, um, but you know, for for uh, the other teams to accuse uh, some shenanigans by the uh, by the Canadians, um, you know, say what you will about uh, uh, the other teams can say what they will about Mark Bergevin or being truthful or trying to uh, you know get around the system, but you cannot the the. Shea Weber is a person of the highest integrity. He would not be involved in any kind of scheme yeah. like this. Uh that's just silly to even suggest that. Um but this this whole scrutiny is is been ramped up because the Shea Weber news is is right butted up against uh the expansion draft.
0: Yeah, so in the aftermath of that, so uh, Pierre LeBron said that he would have expected the Canadians original plan was to go eight and one eight skaters with the goaltender to protect the four Clydesdales. That's that's changed um, now expects to go seven, three, one, seven forwards, three defensemen, one goaltender. And that is because of this Shea Weber situation. And yeah, you can talk about, OK, well, it's a it's a convenient. It gives the Canadians an out convenient timing, this and that. But I mean, even then, I don't, I don't think the Canadians, um, they just, there's too much respect for Shea Weber here. Like there was just too much respect for Shea Weber to even play that game at this point in time. So the fact now that the Canadians have the option to retain all three of the other four Clydesdales is great, but it's not worth the you know the idea that Shea Weber may have, and this is obviously early in this entire situation, but the idea that he may have played his final game for the Canadians, that is you know there there's that's not much of a silver lining that you get to retain the other three. Like the, the Shea Weber just brings so much to the table that it's just not worth it at that point.
1: It's it's uh, there's so many ramifications if he's played his last game. Um, the Canadians' identity. Is, yeah. um, is Shea Weber. Mark Bergevin talked about it's, it's uh, Shea Weber who has uh, instilled the culture. Uh, and it's the kind of culture that um, a Corey Perry, uh, a veteran of the NHL, has said, this is the kind of culture, this is the kind of group I want to be a part of. And a yeah. lot of that is driven by uh, Shea Weber. Uh, so if 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 he isn't uh, able to return to the Canadians, their identity changes. Uh, there's no question about that. If he isn't able to return, Nashville is in huge trouble yes, with respect yeah. to their cap situation. Cap yeah. Um, so there's there's all kinds of things that. Uh, are going to be um, uh, you, you know uh, are going to be flipped on their head. What isn't is the Canadian situation. As you said, uh, I, there was some uh, speculation that uh, that Seattle would um, w- that the Canadians would expose uh, Ben Sherat and that the Cana- and uh, that Seattle would take. Uh, why wouldn't you take a uh, Ben Sherat? Uh, ben Cherrat was never in going to be um, uh, in jeopardy. Uh, the Canadians would have. It's been confirmed that they would have gone with the eight plus one and protected um, all four of Shea Weber, Edmondson, Sherratt and Petrie. Um, and now, as you said, that that strategy has has changed. When when we played this clip uh we we kind of wondered if Sherratt uh, was kind of letting it out of the bag uh, but listen to this in in the current context that we have now listen to Ben Sherratt again
3: yeah I, I don't expect expect much from the expansion draft I haven't uh not really too worried about it
1: because he wasn't in jeopardy that's why yeah. he's not worried about it he was yeah. told that he would be protected even if uh if it was the four defensemen they would have went. Uh, uh four and four um so uh that that's 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 certainly not going to change um with respect to the protection list um, mm-hmm. and just looking at it um uh, briefly um, Carry price is going to be protected anyone with a, a no move clause has to be protected Carry price would have been protected anyways he has a no move clause he's on the protection list and and this is assuming and and it Everything points to the fact that they're going to be going the seven three one route. Uh, three defensemen, Jeff Petrie, the no move clause, he's on the list. Sherat and Edmondson are there as well. Forwards, Gallagher has a no move clause. He's on the list. Kot Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, Arturi Lekinan, Jake Evans. Um, those are all given. Now the the last one maybe is kind of a, um, a choice. Uh, we've, we've got Yol Armia, we've got Phil Deneau. I, th- I think the Canadians, uh, they, they put uh, Phil Deneau on the protection list, uh, hoping that he's going to go and, and uh, explore the free agent market and then come back and they'll be able to work something out. If he's not put on the, the um, protection list, uh, Seattle has a couple of days to uh, negotiate with anyone um, who's uh, free agent, who's unprotected. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that the Canadians would want to see that happen. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. We should say the protection lists have to be in today, 5 o'clock in the league office, uh, and we'll know uh, on uh, Sunday those protection lists become uh, public.
0: Yeah, and so it's going to be very interesting to see who exactly will be uh, departing the Montreal Canadiens. And Rick, you know, it, it would seem at this point that, maybe the clear choice or one of the clear choices for the Seattle Kraken might be Jake Allen. And, you know, you might think, well, okay, if the Canadians want to retain Jake Allen, remember back to 2017, a lot of moves were happening, a lot of, you know, second round picks and whatnot moving to Las Vegas in exchange for uh, them choosing a player that that organization deemed to be acceptable in that situation. So you would think maybe the Canadians could do that. No, no. Uh, it doesn't seem that that is going to be the case because the price is set uh, pretty, pretty high for the Seattle Kraken not to select Jake Allen.
1: My goodness, uh, the prices are high. And we saw that um, uh, with Colorado, uh, the the price of, of protecting Orion Graves must have been astronomical demanded by Seattle Uh, so Joe Sackick said, you know what, Uh, I have other options. I'll just trade him to the Devils, and uh, (laughs) he looked after that situation, and and, and good for uh, the Devils to pick up a a defenseman like Ryan Graves. Uh, The price apparently uh, for the uh, Seattle uh, Kraken to steer clear of Jake Allen is a top prospect and or a second or third uh, round pick or a first round pick and a later pick that's all. Um, yeah that's yeah. ludicrous that's all. <laughs> that is absolutely ludicrous um, uh, and and so we uh, the reports came out during the week that uh, Mark Bergevan was shopping Jake Allen uh, yeah. and uh, um, shopping Jake Allen to trade him so that he wouldn't lose him uh, for nothing. Uh, there's certainly You know, there's a lot of love for Jake Allen. Uh, The statistics don't necessarily bear that out. Uh, We talked uh, weeks back about um, how uh, from March 1st on to the end of the season that Jake Allen really struggled. Um, His save percentage uh, uh, below 900. Uh, His uh, goals against nearing three, um, uh, more losses than wins. Uh, he ha- he struggled as as a way- but but there's a lot of buzz there's a b- lot of love for Jake Allen uh, because he says the right things and he's a great guy um, and so um, Mark Bergman wanted to um, hopefully parlay that into um, you know a, a return and also that would kind of narrow the choices uh, that um, that Seattle would have. And oh my goodness, if um, if Seattle could be channeled uh, to take a Jonathan Bruin, who is uh, certain to be uh, left unprotected, that would solve a, a lot of problems for uh, Mark Bergevin.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it comes after in The Athletic, uh, there was an, an article, Arpan Basu and Mark Antoine Godin talking about that. saying but after everything he's gone through we are led to believe both true and and the canadians will be looking to find him another team to continue his playing career and yeah the seattle kraken would be just the perfect situation for that to happen and it seems like it is in the best interest of all parties involved that there is going to be uh, a separation here um but and, yeah, and, it, and
1: and yeah. not to be uh, callous to no, Duran's situation, nope, not at all. Uh, it's looking nope. like the, the the pressure that that he was under in Montreal that that he needs a break for that. And and yes. um and and good luck if he can restart Absolutely. his career elsewhere. Um, interesting news out of uh, Columbus, which could um, yeah. lead to kind of a. Uh, Reuniting of of sorts uh, in Seattle, if if all the
0: pieces fall, if all the if they all fall into place, yeah, Max Domi uh, expected to be left unprotected. That is according to Darren Dreger. Um, so if that is the case, if he's going to be left unprotected, and you talked, you made a great point. It circles back to the last expansion draft, somebody that the Columbus Blue Jackets left unprotected, who has gone on to be a very good player for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they were left unprotected because they wanted to protect Josh Anderson, <laughs> yeah. and who was that?
1: <laughs> yeah, William Carlson was uh, was the bait for for Vegas, um, and uh, so that they'd stay away from Josh Anderson, and then Josh Anderson coming to Montreal for uh, uh, Domi, and now Domi left unprotected
0: so rick i think uh, it, and we've already sort of touched on this rick but i think you know people are starting to have a conversation about what this team does if shea weber isn't around if the you've touched on the identity that it drew cory perry it drew eric Stahl, veteran guys that have been around the league it drew them in it made them appreciate the the, the closeness of, of this team but there's already sort of the thought of, OK, who is going to be the next captain if Shea Weber can't play? Like there's there's already that conversation and it shouldn't be happening right now, but it is. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it's happening while also expressing that it's far too soon to be making any sort of of, of those statements. And that if the Canadians were going to go any route for this season without Shea Weber, it would not only be a tremendous loss, but they would do so with three alternate captains.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's okay. The I, I, there's there's lots of conversation. I I think the conversation is is almost surreal because mm-hmm. it, it 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 just doesn't seem possible that Shea Weber will uh, miss next season. It doesn't seem possible that um, it it could be that that he's played the his last game in the NHL. It it just doesn't seem possible. So you get all kinds of yeah uh, flippant kind of conversations. Oh well, who who could be the captain next? Uh, what are we going to do with all this Shea Weber money? Uh, and even yeah. even like Frank Cervelli um, said, uh, now uh, it's going to change the focus of the Montreal Canadiens. Certainly uh, there's going to be a pretty big hole on on the back end to fill either for one year or beyond that. Uh, but does that free up some money? And Frank Cervelli said, don't count the Canadians out when it comes to the Jack Eichel sweepstakes. Um, now yeah. we know that Buffalo... It, we know that uh, Eichel wants out. We know that that Eichel um, he's had some injury problems, that neck issue, um, but he was chosen second behind behind Connor McDavid. And and um, Eichel is is the Canadians lacking offense. The the Canadians wanting to replace a Phil Dunwoody with a first line center. Well, you have Jack Eichel, yeah, uh, but. Uh, Buffalo has uh, the prices, again, talking about prices. um, Yeah. Buffalo originally was asking for four uh, first-round equivalent assets. That's either uh, picks or or prospects in the organization or players who had been first-round picks. The equivalent of four. Uh, that apparently has come down to three, which is still is still still steep. pretty significant. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can imagine sending your first round pick and Ryan Paling, and then you need to come up with uh, something else. Well, Jonathan yeah. Drouin was a first round pick, so. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> you know, there are all kinds of ways that this organization is going to change, um, and I don't think we know the half of it just yet. And no. but first and foremost. It's that culture we were speaking of. It's it's those guys who, who wanted to be a part of it. NHL veterans who know what it's like, who know what various locker rooms are right are like, who know what uh, a leader is is like, and they say that's going to change. Um, or, or they say that's that's why they came here uh, and and enjoyed being a part of this. And we're saying that would change. Uh, if uh, uh, Shea Weber's uh, not here again, um, this is a clip we played last week, but it has so much more significance this week. Here's Ben Sherrod again.
3: It's a sickening feeling watching the other team celebrating, you know, celebrate winning the cup when you know you've put in that much that much work, and you have a guy like Shea Weber on your team play that long and and all the years and the miles on his body, and um, you know how hard he works for our team and, and being the leader it's um, you know it's tough tough to see a friend um, in that situation he's just he's, a, he's the leader of the team he leads you know a group of uh, a group of men and you know those those kind of individuals aren't you don't find them everywhere and it comes so naturally to him and you know that's why he's consider, he's, he's talked about as, as one of the you know the best leaders in the league and it's uh, it's well deserved he's uh, he's a special guy
1: that those comments take on a whole new significance uh, given the they news do. that we found out this week.
0: Yeah, they certainly do. At the moment it seemed like just a, you know, defensive partner sharing a lot of uh, respectful comments for his other, for his defensive partner. But yeah, it, it, it takes on a whole new meaning right now, knowing what we know and you know, Rick, I, you know, it's, it, it's tough, right? Because those guys, we, we wondered if when Mark Bergevin made, you know, uh, Comments about Nick Suzuki potentially being the next captain if he had known something at that point with respect to Shea Weber That's a guy Ben Chirot who knew you 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 had to expect that he knew what Shea Weber was playing through That's his defensive partner. He's around him Literally all the time. He knows what Shea Weber is playing through So this is uh, yeah, that's tough to listen to now. It really is and it was it was tough last week It's even tougher now um so rick i I think an interesting question here, Rick, is, is what the Montreal Canadiens might be classified as heading into next season. And there's there's an off-season to be had here where uh, things like Jack Eichel being traded could happen and the Montreal Canadiens could quickly change the perception of, of what they are as a team. But Rick, I, you know, immediately in the aftermath of the Canadiens losing, right, there was a conversation, well, okay, well, next year they're going to go back to the Atlantic and are they going to be a playoff team at all? Right, like, so are the Canadians a contender and the contender is that's a big word contender or were they a team that was, you know, in the right place at the right time, caught enough of those sort of fortunate breaks along the way to get to the Stanley cup final. Like where are, where is this team? Right?
1: No, it's a, it's an excellent question. <laughs>
0: and, and it,
1: the question was there even before the Shea Weber news, it, yep, yep. Uh, but it's, it's, it's even um, it's exacerbated now because um, now you start wondering about uh, if this che- team is going to change dramatically, um, does uh, it, does it continue to push that that contender status? does it uh, does Mark Bergevin continue to aim for that window of opportunity? Or um, does it change the team where you have a real strong pipeline of, of prospects? And then maybe that's the focus where, uh, yeah. You wouldn't bring back a Phil No. You wouldn't, you know, th- those kinds of decisions are are very very different, uh, and maybe you 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 change your focus. And and what does it mean for Mark Bergevin? We heard Mark Bergevin uh, say that uh, very bluntly. I have one me- more year in my contract, and I'll honor that. He talked I'll about that. yeah. He talked about it yeah. being a very difficult se- uh, season for him. He talked about the past sixteen months being really hard on him. Um, so now, uh, you know, he talked about that, that he would die with Kerry Price. Did he feel the same way about Shea Weber? Uh, was his, uh, future tied, uh, to that, that, that culture that, uh, yes, he had brought in the, the right, uh, people to, to fit into that culture, but that it was defined by Shea Weber. And now if yeah. Shea Weber can't continue... Uh, is Mark Bergevin say oh my goodness this is just too mo- too much work too yeah. uh too much stress uh too much uh it's going to be too hard on me to to start from scratch and build a new culture um all of these questions are are now on the table um and 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 we're not going to have an answer to that no. uh for a while uh, just yet until we get uh, a definitive news uh, about Shea Weber
0: yeah. And I think when, when you're talking about what the Canadians, you know, they had the window and I think the window with Carey Price and Shea Weber allowed them to go out and make moves like signing Tyler Toffoli and, and Corey Perry and trading for Eric Stahl with the expectation that you could also have the young guys play a role on this team. But you had Shea Weber and Carey Price. They were going to set the standard. They were going to allow you to be a competitive team. But at this point, if the window is, is it just carry price and, and I say just carry price? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ludicrous. But if it is, if it's carry price, is that if that is your guy and he is obviously, but you know, there was a window with carry price and Shea Weber together. If that gets separated, if it's just carry price, does that change the course? Does that change focus a little bit from Mark Bergevin? That's something that we're going to find out. I mean, that's, that's a, that's an interesting, that's a hard question to try to answer. Um, but he's going to have to try to answer it.
1: <laughs> I tell you something: you don't want to miss an episode of the Canadians Connection. Um, no. you don't, because <laughs> things are happening rather rapidly in yep. this very compressed off season. Uh, you're going to need to to be listening to every single episode.
0: And that's why we got two coming up. We got the one on Thursday, team up the draft, and the one on. On Sunday, um, Brick, it, it's there's just a lot happening here, a lot is happening in a very short period of time. So, yes, you don't want to miss any episodes uh, of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, so Rick, uh, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to play a little clip from the latest Habs fan forum over on the All Habs YouTube account and uh, we're going to tee up what's to come. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com.
0: And, well, and we're back <laughs> to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joel, and you can find me on Twitter at Joelin19. With me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at allhabs on Twitter, and you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. I was a little bit thrown off, Rick, because I'm trying to open my calendar and figure out when all these things are happening, because there's so much, Rick. There's just so much to try to keep track of that I need to have my calendar in front of me to know when the twenty-first, what what day that falls on, and then the twenty-third and twenty-fourth. There's just so much, Rick. Everything, everything's happening. What, what everything is, is happening. What is the
1: Bob Cole, uh, famous <laughs> that's, Newfoundlander? That's Every, Bob...
0: Everything is happening. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: a yep. Newfoundland reference in here. Yes. Um, w- <laughs> To to catch everybody up, this afternoon is when uh, a trade freeze happens. A trade freeze yeah. that happens around the expansion draft. That trade free freeze goes into effect at 3 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Newfoundland time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5 p.m. is uh, when the uh, protection lists are due uh, from all the teams. Um, and then the expansion draft happens uh wednesday um and uh that will be seattle's oh i i I forgot to say that uh we're going to find out who's on uh the protection list uh those protection lists become public on sunday um and uh then the expansion draft on wednesday the 21st the uh friday is the first round of the uh nhl entry draft Uh, Rounds two through seven happen on Saturday. That's why we won't be uh, at our regular time slot. Next Mm Saturday's episode is going to be bumped to uh, Sunday. So we're going to have, well, we'll kind of straddle it. We'll have two episodes, as we said, Thursday and Sunday next week. Uh, And then the following week, uh, Free Agency opens on uh, July 28th, which is, wow. Uh, uh, Yeah, everything's happening. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you want a sip of water? You broke all yeah, that down perfectly. I, I, you want to have a sip of water very my briefly? Goodness. And meanwhile, I'll share a, a piece of news and a news item. And there's been a few that have happened while we've been doing this podcast. One of them is Pierre LeBron saying that all point all signs point is the, the Seattle Kraken. Signing and selecting pending UFA goalie Chris Dreger from the Florida Panthers is part of the expansion draft process Sources say that is an interesting one there, Rick. Uh, the Florida Panthers, I mean, in a bit of a bit of a similar situation as the Montreal Canadiens, obviously, uh, in terms of results, the the goaltender the Montreal Canadiens have that that they have a lot of money tied up into has performed a, a little bit better than the one that the Florida Panthers have a lot of money tied up into. But Chris Dreger is a guy. I mean, I covered him when uh, he was playing for the Belleville Senators, mm-hmm. uh, worked his way up into the NHL, Has had a fine season with Florida. And, uh, of course, they're in a, an organization uh, with uh, Spencer Knight and Devin Levi, who both shine brightly at the uh, at the World Juniors. They've got their goaltending is, is pretty, pretty solid as it is. So Chris Dreger potentially moving. To Seattle, by the looks of things,
1: and Florida is certainly is a uh, team on the upswing, and and they mm-hmm. had some uh, some interesting signings this week. Uh, but while we're still on goaltending, uh, if Seattle is going to work something out with Chris Strieger, um you know, make make that make of that what you will, and how that how you interpret that uh, relates to Jake Allen, uh, yeah. whether whether. Um, uh, uh, Seattle has has been informed by Montreal that they're going to uh, trade Jake Allen uh, whether they'll work out some sort of deal so they don't pick Jake Allen whether they're thinking that Jake Allen and and uh, Chris Dreger would be a great tandem to have yeah um, we, we we don't know at this point but um, yeah as I said um, Interpret that as you will. What would happen if the Canadians uh, did uh, uh, tr- either trade or or have Jake Allen picked in the expansion draft? Well, as we said, there are a lot of goaltenders uh, on the market, um, and uh, and 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 Caden Primo. We know Caden Primo not ready. A couple more seasons in the a- AHL for sure for him. Um, interesting though, a, a name we talked about in the in the pre-show. Uh, the New York Rangers have said that uh, Alexander Gor- Georgiev is uh, available, and yeah. uh, wow, uh, that would be an interesting ad. Um, and and a, a guy who you know still has some potential uh, yep. to work perhaps into a, 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 your top goaltender, um, and and wouldn't that be interesting for the Canadians to have two? Uh, prospects, I guess you'd call them, uh, goaltenders uh, in yeah. the running to take over from Kerry Price uh, when his career is over. Uh, just, just one of the many names, uh, yeah. goaltending names, that's, uh, that's out there on the market uh, either uh, by free agency or via trade uh, this offseason.
0: Yeah, and that's that Georgiev is a goaltender that I've always really admired, so that's an interesting name to watch there. Um, Rick uh, one thing that we're going to do here, um we're still we're still getting over, it, right? The, the games, the games that happened weeks ago. One of them, game 6 against Vegas and and that was a special night, right? That was just a special night, the Canadians clinching a spot in the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 28 years and you're thinking boy, what, what, this, what this feels like as a, as a fan, right? Like, how can we express that, right? How can we possibly express what this means to this fan base? And we thought, well, hey, we've got Ben over on the All Habs YouTube channel doing the, uh, the Habs fan forum. And, and why, not, why not play a little bit of, of what he thought of that game six and the Arturi Lekkonen goal? That moment when Leckie buried that goal, this hard work and deserves it. Love that player. He's just, he's f- such a hard forechecker checker and great player to watch. Um, and to see him get rewarded with a, an, a win like that to send the team to the final. The team loved it. He was jumping up and down against the boards. Of course, we're going to the final, so we're all super pumped. Galley grabs him the puck. Uh, it was all in all just a, a
2: moment to uh, to soak it.
1: At Rocket Sports, we've got, uh, we've got an amazing team and, and uh, contribute in all different ways. We've got credentialed journalists uh, who contribute in one way. Uh, and and uh, Ben, is, is uh, he's, he's the one who uh, represents our fan views. And, and if you go to, all, uh, to YouTube, look for the All Habs uh, um, um, YouTube page. It's uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. And Ben has been doing this past season reaction videos um, yeah. and uh, they're just a lot of fun. Ben gets very enthusiastic and, and uh, as he did here and in, in his latest um, uh, YouTube video, uh, he counts down his top five favorite moments um, of, uh, of the playoffs. Uh, we won't tell you which one the, that uh, the Lekkonen moment was. Yeah. Uh, at, you'll go to YouTube, uh, find the All Habs uh, YouTube page and uh and and enjoy that video and and uh, uh look at the back catalog and and enjoy the uh, the other videos there for you as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean this season was a wild ride. So if you want to experience that all over again Go watch Ben's reactions uh, as, this, uh, as this as this wild uh, wild ride unfolded. Excuse me, I can I can barely speak. I'm that excited, Rick. Uh, <laughs> Rick, as as we've been talking about, there's just so much coming down the road for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and for the well the NHL as a whole, right? I mean, you have the expansion draft on the twenty first. 23rd is the first round of the 2021 nhl entry draft we talked about that earlier who's going to be the canadians first round selection after the last two years you had cole caulfield by the way he turned out pretty good in this playoff run and caden gooley last year who is it going to be this year and and rick there's there's a lot of work to do there because not a whole lot of games to go off of right for your amateur scouting staff So this is going to be a very interesting draft to see uh, how prospects are rated by the Canadians front office by Trevor Timmons, uh, who's the, the phenomenal Trevor Timmins who does such a great job every year. Uh, so, Rick, this is uh, and then free agency, Rick, my goodness, there's just there's just too much to mention. <laughs> so I'll
1: just remind you to uh, bookmark allhabs.net and visit yeah. every single day because there are, there's we'll keep on uh, top of the news for you so that you don't have to. There will be a draft preview uh, article to get you caught up. Our All of us, uh, fans, uh, media, our, our focus has been... On um, on 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 the Stanley Cup uh, playoff drive by the Montreal Canadiens, and and uh, a little less attention on things like the draft. So it's come up up quickly. We'll have a, a preview article for you there, uh, so that uh, to to get you prepped for that uh, draft that uh, starts on Friday night. Um, as we said on on uh, next Thursday, we're going to have uh, a special edition of the Canadiens Connection. And during that, uh, that same day, we're, we'll be uh, uh, promoting a, a giveaway that uh, we're working on uh, a, a really uh, interesting fan product uh, that we're going to give away um, that uh, one of our listeners uh, may have a chance uh, to, to win. So um, you're going to want to keep uh, abreast of, of uh, what we announce here as well as on our All Habs um, uh, Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tuesday, I'll just mention uh, our sister podcast, the Press Zone, the Press Zone Montreal. It is the 200th episode of the wow. Press Zone, so uh, yeah, it's it, it's a real special episode. Uh, Amy Johnson and myself will be uh, will be having we'll we'll have lots of news, obviously, to talk about, uh, but a little bit of a celebration as well for yeah. uh, 200 episodes.
0: Some some cupcakes, perhaps some chocolate. Anything in in the, in the works with that? And you're gonna have a special celebration together, sort of thing, or well apart, but.
1: Yeah, it, it, uh, virtually <laughs> a, part,
0: but a virtual togetherness if type you, of thing. Yeah, if
1: you listen to last week's uh, press zone, the press zone, there was there was a dessert that was talked about. Now whether ah. we can get our hands on that or not, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think yeah. it's sold out. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll just leave you with that tease to check leave out you with that. last yeah. week's uh, the press zone.
0: Absolutely. So listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal podcast and to the Canadians Connection podcast, check out allhabs.net. All week long, there's content coming out because there's so much news this time of year. It's such an exciting time of year. The off-season, a short off-season, a lot happening in a very short period of time. So you're definitely going to want to check out allhabs.net to be kept fully up-to-date on all the happenings uh, with respect to the Montreal Canadiens. So Rick, uh, we will say goodbye for this week, and we will be back on Thursday. A special episode on Thursday uh, for our loyal listeners here at the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you on Thursday.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadians.